The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. The show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is our Wednesday edition of the Leach Report from the Clark's Pump and Shop Studios here in rainy Lexington, Kentucky. And on Wednesdays, we catch up with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. He'll join us in the second half of the show. Uh, Freddie Maggard will lead us off to talk about Kentucky's new offensive coordinator and National Signing Day, which is underway. And Darren Hendrick will check in as the U.K. women get set to take on the 23rd-ranked DePaul Blue Demons today up in Chicago. So that's our guest lineup as we get to the Wildcat news of the day. Liam Cohen, the new offensive coordinator for the Wildcats, comes from the staff of the Los Angeles Rams of the NFL, 35 years old. Um, Mark Stoops said he was looking for an offense that's going to be balanced but creative in attacking people down the field and that will be quarterback friendly. And he likes what he uh, found in Cohen. You remember Stoops said when uh, he did his, uh, I think this was the last radio show i asked him about um the oc search and he said you know that initially there was you know, speculation looking at guys that maybe stoops knew or had some connection with and he said yeah, look at uh, my last two defensive coordinator hires i didn't know them at all so um this was a guy that uh, he obviously was impressed with uh cohen yesterday noted that there's a coach on the Rams staff that is really close friends with uh, Stoops. So I liked hearing that in that Stoops found his guy, did the interview, all of that. But he also had somebody who was close to uh, Cohen who could give him some intel he could trust, so to speak. Um, Cohen also had a note that should uh, – have helped him win the press conference late when he said that as a youngster he emulated Tim Couch as a quarterback. Uh, Cohen played uh, quarterback himself growing up. Um, So obviously they're looking to improve the passing game and keep the running game solid. Uh, And we'll uh, talk about all of this with Freddie Maggard when he joins us. Uh, Cohen will join the Cats after the Rams season is over, and that could be a while. It is signing day. The early signing day for college football teams. So far, the surprise for Kentucky has been landing wide receiver Devontae Ross, who had committed to Marshall, six foot, one eighty. Freddie calls him the uh, hidden gem in this recruiting class. So we'll get him to elaborate on that when he joins us here in just a bit. Also, Christian Lewis, uh, four-star wide receiver that some fans worried might end up flipping to another school. He has signed, so you can uh, uh, ease any concerns there. A couple of other notes, John Schlarman posthumously wins the Frank Broyles Lifetime Achievement Award uh, as the uh, top uh, assistant coach, and uh, that is a very well-deserved honor. And Keontae Johnson, the Florida basketball player, now in stable condition and speaking on his own. So that was really uh, good to hear yesterday, so hopefully he is on the road to recovery. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, you can find those on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Our show is served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. Still have the heated patio seating there in Hamburg and Palomar, but you can go inside and dine now as well. 
and pick up a holiday gift card while you're there. For every $25 gift card you purchase, you get a $5 bonus gift card to use for yourself. We'll be right back. It's the Leach Report Radio Network. Freddie Maggard joins us in just a moment. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at TomLeachKY. A week ago, I was mentioning the Wildcat birthdays at the end of the show. And I had mistakenly looked at the wrong box on my calendar. And uh, one of the ones I told you was Freddie Maggard. So uh, we'll officially wish him a happy birthday now and hope that the... uh, Early heads up gets you more and better gifts for that week's notice. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Tom. I appreciate it. I had a bunch of people last week wish me happy birthday. And I was, so now you know why. You get, to be my, you get to be my age. I mean, birthdays are just another day, and I was thinking, did I miss my birthday? But apparently I didn't. Uh, I think today is also Darren Fellhouse's birthday. Yep, it is. Yeah, there's a, yep. a bunch yep. of uh, Kentucky birthdays that they all got a week's uh, notice last week. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and this is kind of uh, if it's your birthday, and it's also kind of like Christmas morning for you and Vince Marrow in this National Signing Day, right? Yeah, absolutely, Tom. I've had my war room set up, and uh, since about five o'clock this morning, tracking everything. Uh, I think Kentucky has done extremely well at receiver to this point um, with uh, with Chauncey Mag- Magwood, uh, Lewis. And then the surprise of the class is Devontae Ross out of Cartersville, Georgia, which is the high school that uh, uh, that uh, Lawrence from Clemson go, uh, went to, the quarterback. So, um, you know, I, I think Kentucky's gotten better today at the receiver position. What I like about all three of them, Tom, is they're aggressive. They love the game of football. They're tough. They, they make competitive catches, and they can all stretch the field. Uh, so I think Kentucky got better today at the receiver position because those three, if their film translates or, or to what they're going to do when they get to campus, they're going to up the, the competition level in that room. And, and these guys are fighters, man. And, and, and they, uh, they appear to be the most competitive players on the field when they're playing. And, uh, I really like what the Cats have done at the receiver position. Uh, you, uh, I was reading your post at uh, KSR a little while ago about Ross, and um, you go deep into watching the tape of these guys. So Shannon and I were talking off the air. It's like with recruiting, it's it's kind of like uh, you know talking about uh, babies. Nobody has an ugly baby, and nobody has a bad recruit on <laughs> signing day. But uh, so you know, I, I, you you can take all of the the hype with a grain of salt. So I was telling Shannon, I lean on guys like you that I know do the the work to study these guys and um you and your post talked about that ross reminded you of josh allen not that you're saying he's going to be the you know top 10 pick in the draft uh if he is that's great but in in that you see somebody that uh got overlooked absolutely he was unranked coming out of cartersville high school uh you know and was committed to marshall uh coach and mark stewart did a great job of, of recruiting him over time and Gaining trust with him and and, and signed him, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I, don't, I would be safe to say there's not a better unranked player in America than Devontae Ross. Uh, will he turn out like Josh Allen? We'll see. I, I have no idea. But the only thing I would tell folks is to go to KSR website and just look at his tape. Look at his tape. That's all I got to say. Then same thing about Magwood. Same thing about Lewis. 
you know, the, 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 you can see on film what we talked about all year with the receivers is, you know, these guys stretch the field. These guys make competitive catches. These guys catch 50-50 balls. Those three finish explosive plays in the end zone. Now, competition's going to be harder. The system's going to be more in-depth and more tough and more challenging to learn, et cetera. But receiver is a position that you can play early in college. And uh, I would look for these three to compete for playing time as soon as they step on campus. I, I can certainly say this by watching their film. They will compete to, to, be, to be on the field. But, yes, I, I really like Devontae Ross. We'll get back to uh, recruiting here in a second, but I want to talk a little bit about uh, the new offensive coordinator who was announced yesterday, Liam Cohen. And uh, it seems from what I have read, you are uh, quite uh, high on this hire. I am. I am. And we're all projecting that Cohen will bring that Sean McVay offensive scheme or philosophy to Kentucky. Uh, we don't know what he's going to do eventually, but, but that's what everybody's is projecting. And I like it because there are easy completions for the quarterbacks built in uh, his, his passing scheme. His, his philosophy, his offense is based off the run. I mean, I, w- I want people to understand this is not the air raid. This is a totally different system. Uh, air raid won't work in the SEC. We, we've seen that, you know, at Mississippi State. So, uh, yeah, I mean, heavy run, a lot of outside zones. I think, you know, everybody's focusing on, Okay, McVeigh is an outside zone play caller. But Cohen said he would meet the players' talents and not make the players fit into his scheme. So you're going to have to keep that thread of inside run game, inside zone with Chris Rodriguez. Uh, I really like that. I love his bootleg game. Uh, I mean, it's just lethal. Uh, And and he's also going to play to his strength with Keaton Upshaw at, at tight end. I wish Justin Rigg had another year because he would excel in this. But multiple tight ends, four out of the five Rams' top receivers or pass catchers are slot receivers and tight ends. Those two positions I think Kentucky will be good at next year. Uh, So we'll see how the quarterback situation develops, but I'm really happy with the hire. Yeah, I don't know if if this would work out, but Justin Rigg does actually have another year if he would want to use it, and they'd have a a slot. Yeah, I mean – Whatever's best for Justin is what I'm for. If he feels it's time to go to the draft, then I'm thousand percent behind him. But if he came back, he could be looking at a monster year in 2021. Kentucky fans are going to love uh, hearing about a guy who uh, might lean heavy, more heavily on the tight ends. Uh, I liked hearing uh, you mentioned uh, this having you know incorporating a screen game. Um, yeah. it's not something that's been a big part other than you know flanker screens to the outside in recent years. Yeah. I like. You know, screens in in the middle of the field or running backs and tight ends. The yeah. other word that he mentioned that you never hear is audibles. Uh, so if I'm yes. I'm a quarterback and you know the last guy I can actually remember that as far as I know that did much in terms of you know getting to the point where they trusted him to audible to things was Andre Woodson in his last year. Yeah, I mean you're going to see some things that that I really like. I mean I guess uh, this is this is an old school you know it's an NFL scheme so quarterbacks are going to actually have to call cadence instead of clap their hands, which I think is goofy as hell. So I'm glad that's going to be gone. Quarterbacks are going to be under the, under the center and not in the shotgun formation exclusively. I really like that. I like the fact that Kentucky may huddle some, use multiple tight ends, screens to the running backs. I really like that, Tom. I mean, we, we didn't see a lot of that. But – Kentucky wasn't effective throwing the football downfield. Screens were not going to be there because nobody 
really had to, to have to defend the, the deeper passes. So um, I like what I hear. I really do. Uh, you know, I think uh, the first thing that, you know, Chris Rodriguez averaged 12 yard, 12 carries per game last year, which is a, an incredibly low number. I would, I would think that would increase and that could help the screen game. Uh, you know, I was doing some research, Tom, and, and, and I, I know we talked about it, but Rodriguez only had four more carries than Terry Wilson in 2020. To me, that's just mind-boggling, and I think that will increase in 2021. You said that uh, what Cohen does flows in the passing game flows off the run game, which I think uh, yeah. was was going to be imperative in, in the OC that, that, that will fit with uh, Mark Stoops' philosophy. But he clearly, Stoops, wants to get better throwing the football. And you could, it's one thing to say that, but this is where – actions uh have come into play as well because uh, for what the perception is of mark nothing about this is conservative um he had a a guy he trusted and liked in in eddie grand and he felt that they needed to make a change to to try to move up uh and he went and found a guy that he didn't know that is uh you know coming from from the nfl and that um is somebody that is going to you know uh, oh introduce some some new concepts within Stoops overall philosophy but not nothing about this is uh is conservative or the no. uh, expected approach no not at all actually it's it's the other way because uh you know I watched a lot of Rams films film here recently and there's always a built-in home run shot in every route a vertical route that, that is not just a a hope and a prayer but a okay let, let's try to hit this and, and complete the passes downfield but no, this is not a conservative uh, uh, offense at all. Uh, the football would be spread around. Uh, he can use tempo if he needs to, and he can he can get in a huddle if he needs to. So it's a very quarterback friendly uh, offense. I actually have a post on KSR coming up today that talks about exactly what is a quarterback friendly offense. I mean, we've heard we hear that term as much as we hear. We have to win the turnover battle. What, what does that mean for a quarterback? Well, I get into, okay, what it meant to me going from Jerry Claiborne's offense to a Tommy Bowden offense. And it's kind of similar, even though it was a hundred years ago. We went from a very, we went from a conservative run heavy offense and we modernized with that Bowden system, which was cutting edge in those days and what, what it meant to me. So yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it was time for Kentucky to modernize its offense and I'm excited to see what it looks like on the field. Freddie Maggard, uh, we uh, always appreciate the insight. Uh, lastly, we'll remind folks you're going to see you're going to be working all six of the high school championship games at Kroger yeah. Field uh, Friday and Saturday. So, um, yeah, uh, where can folks find that? Uh, just look at the KHSAA website, okay, and there'll, there'll be streaming opportunities. Uh, I just got the call this morning that I'm doing all six. I was scheduled to do three, so. Uh, any advice, Tom, on how to keep your voice for six games in, in two days? Uh, well, your your voice is, uh, you know, you can uh, keep your, your throat moist, so uh, drink a lot of water. And, and the other thing is, uh, you know, managing the bladder is obviously a, a key component. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I dehydrate myself before I do games with you in the booth, so <laughs> I don't know what I can do there. I thought I, this is the approach I'm taking. I, I'd like your advice on it. I'm doing all my research on all six teams, but then I'm going to do it one game at a time. You know, before the one A game, I'm going to study for two hours just on that game. Yes, no, that's the right approach. And then toss it away, then do the 
203, whatever. So Stay in the moment. Is that a good is that a good plan? That's a good plan. Stay in the moment. You'll do well. Have fun with I'm it. I know you will. I hope, I'm nervous about it. I hope I do all right. I have complete confidence. Thank you, Freddie. Thanks, Tom. We'll wrap it up for this half hour with Darren Hedrick when we come right back, and then Kyle Tucker in the second half of the show on this edition of the Leach Report, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. To the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline to bring on Darren Hedrick. He's the radio play-by-play voice of UK women's basketball. And the Wildcats are in Chicago today to take on the fighting Dwayne Peavies of DePaul, right? <laughs> That's exactly right. Should be a fun matchup, Tom. They play a similar style to Kentucky, so uh, this is going to be a fun one today. Uh, yes, and this is a team, a pretty good DePaul team, right? Yeah, they're ranked in the top 25. They're pretty much guard-oriented. Nine of their 11 players are guards, and so they're going to bring the ball to the floor and shoot threes and try to hit quick layups. And It'll be a transition game. This one could be high-scoring in the 80s or 90s. Kentucky fans uh, know about Ryan Howard uh, very well from what she's accomplished here at UK. For folks that uh, you, know, you, you don't get to um, – not as many people get to come and see games, so not as many games on, on TV for the women yet. So for fans who haven't been able to check out a lot of the action for this team, uh, tell them about the players that are new to the uh, program that are making the biggest impact. Sure. Well, first of all, it starts with Drayana Edwards. She came to Kentucky from Utah where she was the Pac-12 freshman of the year. Uh, she has given them a huge presence in the post alongside Kiki McKinney, who's been one of their foundation players for the last few years. But Dreyana's already had three double-doubles. She makes a huge impact because she can get steals and bring the ball up the floor herself. So whenever you've got a big that can bring the ball up the floor, it's always great. And then they've added Robin Benton, a transfer from Auburn, who plays tremendous defense. She's a great scorer. Uh, she's one of uh, five Wildcats that are almost averaging double figures. Olivia Owens from Maryland has provided a big presence inside. So they, they've got a ton of players that have really come in and, and helped. And then you have the three outstanding freshmen. Um, obviously, a lot of folks are watching Treasure Hunt 20 and Nia Leverator. They, they continue to uh, just uh, improve and impress. Darren, unfortunately, we're running tight on time. We'll get you back when conference play gets cranked up here soon and uh, talk a little more about uh, some of your thoughts on uh, what Kyra Elsie's going to bring to the program as the head coach. But uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Tom. 3 o'clock Eastern time tip today. Darren will be on the call. We'll be right back. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. Second half of our Wednesday edition of The Leach Report. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline we go to bring on Kyle Tucker, who joins us on Wednesdays from TheAthletic.com. First, we'll start with football, Kyle, and your take on the hiring of Liam Cohen as the new offensive coordinator for Mark Stoops. That's uh, interesting. You know, it's a little bit of a, a, a gamble in one way just because it's a, a guy that, um, you know, is coming from – he's not an NFL coordinator. He's an uh, assistant quarterback coach there. Um, he's a young guy. He's been a coordinator uh, a few years ago uh, at a lower level. Um, but you're, you're, you're rolling the dice a little bit there. But I think it's a really interesting uh, and certainly outside-the-box 
uh, type of hire that has you know, we've we've seen something like it pay off uh, in a huge way uh, at LSU with Joe Brady. I think everybody's kind of making that comparison, and that was sort of the mindset. Um, and you go you go seek out an offense. And he as a as a player as a quarterback in college at UMass set all kinds of records, threw the ball all over the place, and, and was a, a really bright player. And, and now, just when you look at the way his career is tracking, especially these last three years with this wide open, um, you know, high scoring, high potency uh, Los Angeles Rams offense under a kind of an offensive uh, genius in Sean McVay, you're, you're plucking from a pretty good tree uh, there. And so I, I think if you wanted to see the offense open up, I think it's a really, really intriguing hire. Stoops had a, a good line in an interview that uh, he did with us this summer talking about advice that he got early on from a coaching friend who said, you've got to have a good plan, but you've got to have a good gut. In other words, trust trust your instincts. And uh, I think one of the interesting aspects of this is that uh, the um, uh, the perception of Mark Stoops by some is that he's you know very you know very conservative and uh, not going to make uh, bold moves uh, on the football field and yet this is against that type if you will in that it's uh, you know not the the safest choice and it's a little outside the box right yeah I mean this this is a this is a sort of trust your gut move you know, right from the start, uh, you know, in the macro sense. I mean, people think about that in terms of, you know, individual plays, you know, do you go for it on a fourth down, you know, do you, uh, you know, is this the time to take the kill shot, uh, things like that within a game. But this is the macro, uh, the big picture, uh, trust your gut to go with a, uh, a somewhat unproven uh, young coach um, who's a little bit further down the pecking order on an NFL staff. You know, you, I think some people, if you just look at the just that piece of it, would go like, you know, what are we doing here? You know, why not get a, a proven college offensive coordinator? But I, I think this is a gamble probably worth taking. And you may get a guy now who, you know, had he gone somewhere else, uh, you know, for a few years, it would be out of reach. So um, I think they certainly hope they caught lightning in a bottle. And, and I, from what I gather... Um, working on a more in-depth uh, piece on Liam Cohen, uh, I, I think this is a, a pretty interesting and probably very good hire. What we're talking about here and some of the, the deep dive on things like this is is what you get in the athletics. So we'll do do the plug here that I always say it's a this time of year a great Christmas gift for a sports fan in your life that's hard to buy for. You can gift them a subscription for a year to the athletic. And if you have your subscription, you can go there right now and read a story about Cohen from one of your colleagues, which I was just looking at. You uh, retweeted and uh, interesting uh, from a guy who uh, takes a uh, a deeper dive into Cohen. Yeah, and he, he spent some time talking to Cohen last night, um, one of my colleagues up in uh, New England, uh, which is where uh, Cohen's roots are. Um, and just he, he kind of talks through just sort of philosophy. A lot of it is real, really kind of football philosophy um, with Cohen. And, and, and I'm gonna, I've actually spoken to him as well and, and have talked to a bunch of people around him. Um, you know, his college roommate was Victor Cruz, uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, famous dancing wide receiver for the Giants, um, and have spoken to him about uh, Cohen and, and um, 
I'm working with my my colleague Bruce Feldman on this story, and he's uh, talked to to Jared Goff, the quarterback of the Rams, who has incredible things to say about Cohen, and and we've talked to a number of people, and um, you know, I, I would say one read the story that's up now because it it really kind of gets into just sort of his offensive philosophy and what he's hoping to take from the Rams and from other places he's been um, and bring to Kentucky. Um, but also when you start just getting into, um, you know, tell, tell me a story about about Liam Cohen, the people that knew him, I think you find that he's a very, very bright guy. Um, you know, I asked I asked him if he has the Sean McVay recall. I don't, for people, If people don't know, Sean McVay is is now kind of famous for just being able to you say you say you know third quarter you know third down at the thirty seven in nineteen ninety seven you know game you were coaching what happened and he'll spit it all out he's done that a couple times on camera and kind of like a like a, a party trick um, and so I asked Cohen if he's got that same kind of recall and he said not not to that level but but but. To a degree, yes, and and I think it came out during the the Zoom as well. He he knows both of the numbers uh, that Brad White they they both grew up in Rhode Island uh, in the same town. Both of the numbers that Brad White uh, wore in high school, uh, and he texted him about. It. He said, "Did you wear? I think it was forty five or forty eight. And Brad White said, "I wore both of those numbers, and that's crazy. You remember because I lost my jersey my senior year." <laughs> And Liam Cohen was in the, like seventh grade when he was watching Brad White uh, play, uh, and so that that's a fairly remarkable uh, thing that he remembered the two jersey numbers uh, of a high school player when he was in middle school. Uh, Just as an so aside, he, that is I a, think he's a bright guy. An interesting aspect to athletes. Uh, you hear this sometimes with golfers, where you know, uh, Tiger. Uh, you remember that uh, putt you made, you know, to win the Masters in '97, and he'll tell you like the whole round, shot by shot, or something. And I, uh, I heard Shug McGahey, a thoroughbred trainer, interviewed a couple of years ago, and he was asked a, a question about uh, a horse named Personal Ensign preparing for her last race, which she won in the Breeders' Cup, and he went through all of these different workouts in the days of the week and all these things that led up to a race in 1988. So that is an interesting aspect to some of these uh, people that get to a high level. Yeah, LeBron James has got some pretty incredible recall. You can hear him you know, walk you through whole sequences uh, from a game. And, and uh, I, I think some of the great athletes and coaches just have that. I, I mean, I, it's proof to me that I could never be either because I, I can't remember – you know, basic details of my life from the day before. So uh, it, it really is amazing to think about how people can kind of walk you through. Um, and, and and you think about how many plays and moments go through their uh, through their brain over the course of a career that they could remember specific details of kind of minutia is amazing. So look for uh, Kyle's story on Liam Cohen coming up soon in the athletic doc, at theathletic.com. We'll take a quick break and come back and uh, shift gears and talk some basketball uh, with Kyle Tucker from The Athletic on the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. We're coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio on the Leach Report Radio Network. Look for the Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. It's the Leach Report. Back to the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. Chatting with Kyle Tucker from TheAthletic.com. We'll shift to basketball. And um, 
there's a big game coming up for Kentucky. I mean, they're all big right now, Kyle. They've got to get wins. Um, you know, the uh, the two losses last week uh, to Georgia Tech and to Notre Dame uh, really, you know, hurt the resume for the postseason. And, you know, Kentucky's got three more non-conference opportunities uh, against teams that are better than the ones they just lost to, most likely, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there is every bit the possibility that they're one and six uh, going into conference play, assuming they don't get this Detroit game in, and and uh, that is hard to even fathom. <laughs> you know, I mean, in the in the Cal Perry era, even as they've struggled some early, it's never been anything close to that, and uh, never been anything close to one and four. Um, so it's huge, I think. It's it's hard for me to envision right now the way they've been playing, but but then when you think about the way they played in the second half of that Notre Dame game, if there's, there's some version of that team for a couple of full games, and they could pull it off to beat UCLA and Louisville in a row, um, I think then you're really stabilized going into the conference season. If they could somehow win both of those and get to three and four with a couple of of quality wins. Um, that very much would change the, I think, the vibe and the conversation. The, the one thing I worry about for them is just, you know, if if you, you lose both or you lose, you know, you split them, so you're one and six or you're two and five, you know, at some point does the does the confidence just get too beaten down? Um, you know, Calipari presses hard on these guys and he has to, um, and they usually respond and, and usually because you know even if they lose a little. They win more than they lose, and I think they can see their progress. And so you worry about, at some point, the confidence factor in these guys. And then it's going to be unforgiving uh, in SEC play. Uh, Tennessee looks terrific. I think Florida's really good. And, and obviously that's, that's very much up in the air right now with what's going on with Keontae Johnson. And first and foremost, glad to hear he is awake and talking. Yes. Um, but that was a scary situation. Um yeah, you know, I think Arkansas and Alabama are really good. LSU, I think, is good. Um, there are not going to be many breaks in the conference schedule. So if you if you lose these next two, or even even really one of these next two, you're in such a deep hole. Um, you'd have to be quite a bit above water, I think, in the SEC record, really, to even get into the NCAA tournament. Um, it, it's a it's a it's a perilous situation right now for Kentucky. I think the one thing everybody's holding on to in terms of hope is that if they can be that team they were in the second half Saturday, that that certainly changes things. Yeah, and along with just needing a win on the record, um, if they could get the win against UCLA this Saturday, that would go a long way to validating what we saw in the second half. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. You know, if you just come out and lay another egg, <laughs> um, then, you know, everybody just goes, well, Notre Dame loosened up and you were desperate and that's not who you are. That's just, that was just a flash. Um, if you come out and, and really play well for a, a full game or most of a game and can beat UCLA on the heels of that second half, then, then you've got some sort of genuine momentum. Um, and then I would say what comes into play even though I think Louisville is a very quality opponent, is the thing that Chris Mack was so worried about, that like going to Louisville is not like going to Louisville this year. And that's one saving grace for them. It's, it's not going to be this thunderous, crazy uh, crowd in there. As much as Cal has said, this 
you know, the crowd restrictions and the pandemic have kind of wiped out their Kentucky's home advantage. The good news is that's going to happen to all your road opponents too. Uh, so if you don't think your own home is, is a huge advantage, then good news, Cal, everybody's Super Bowl and hat night, bat night, ball night uh, isn't really in effect this year for all the places you'd normally go in the league and out um, where the crowd would be crazy. So that that gives them a little help as well. You know, this it's, it seems to me that uh, this is a, a game, not to put too, much, too, too many stakes on it, but this is a game that uh, – if you go out and win it, you and the season goes well, uh, you, you know, pull out of this. That you could look back on this moment as a you know a breakthrough moment. That it val you know you, you started in the second half of Notre Dame, but you really you know verified that that was the real deal by go, then going out and beating UCLA. Because um, you know if you don't, then you get back into that confidence thing that you're talking about. Yeah, I, you know, and Cal's talked so much about mental health and, and just the mental state of of players in this, you know, not getting to go home for Christmas, not getting to go home for Thanksgiving. Um, you know, that all, that all starts to come in play a lot more when you're, when you're away from your family and you're losing, it's brutal. Uh, and so I think, yeah, it's, it's a very big game for all of the reasons, you know, for, for the record, for the, you know, tournament seating for just total, uh, the total mental state of this team, uh, I think they they need to see some fruit of the labor of you know what I'm sure has been a grueling uh, camp cow for them. Yep. And and you do wonder a little bit, you know, they the the flat start against Notre Dame where you get down by 24 in the first half is coming off the first two or three days of camp cow or three or four days, you know, where they dead legged a little bit. I don't know, um, but it'll it'll be interesting now a week or so into it. And really, if, if you thought they were desperate in the second half of a single game, they're, they got to be even more des- desperate in the big picture since now as a team. I mean, there can be no, um, there can be no misunderstanding your, your, your station right now if you're Kentucky. Like, you are in trouble. And all those guys have to know it. And, and so, I, you know, I think Cal mentioned he liked how they played desperate. And they better play desperate again because they, they are. They're in a desperate situation. How'd you like Terrence Clark at the point? Mixed bag. I don't think I was as high on it on what I saw against Notre Dame as Cal was, but I, but I think because it wasn't perfect from Terrence, but I do think what Cal saw was the way defenses respond to that. And so I think what he is envisioning is, okay, if, if he's going to draw this reaction when the ball's in his, his hands and he begins to attack, this is what it can open up for us. And so if I can teach Terrence to be, be smarter and, and more careful with the ball and to look here and to look there, um, you know, if you see this attack, if you see that, get rid of it. Um, I think he sees things opening up because that was one of the last things he said after the game was, you know, our, our offense is going to open up now because of Terrence at the point. I think Terrence at the point and playing through uh, Olivier Saar in the post were two things that he's now – all in on in terms of okay if i'm going to push a, a couple buttons at work i think these are these are those buttons yeah you had to find some way to uh get the defense back on its heels a little bit to to give them something to to have to um to put stress on the defense and and they weren't doing that yeah that's the thing i mean you you didn't have anything you were doing well i mean <laughs> that's 
that's a bad place to start from when the defense goes, well, they're not good at anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we just pack it in, let them shoot threes, and we win. Right, and, and so yeah, I think you've got to I think you've got to force the issue a little bit, and and you know Terrence Clark is certainly a way to do that. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, they are on the right track, short term at least, if not long term. Um, we'll see how it uh, plays out. Uh, Kyle, thank you much, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right, thank you. That is Kyle Tucker at theAthletic.com. Uh, it's where you can read him. You can uh, subscribe uh, and look for his story coming up. Uh, the next day or so, I assume, on uh, Liam Cohen. Getting to a break. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of the Leach Report in just a moment. This day in Wildcat history presented by the new Rave On app. You can download it in the App Store to comment on officials' calls and uh, big plays by the Cats. Uh, this day in 1973, Joe Hall won his first UKIT as coach of the Wildcats. They beat Oregon in the title game, 95-68. Quite a night for Jim Andrews, 33 points and 19 rebounds for the Kentucky Center. Uh, we mentioned that uh, Freddie Maggard celebrating a birthday today. Uh, former U.K. coach Matthew Mitchell's birthday is today. And uh, U.K. basketball players Kalena Azabuki, Alan Edwards, and Darren Feldhaus all celebrating birthdays today. Guests on the show come to you via the KentuckyHempWorks.com hotline. They like to say they're more than just CBD. You can go check out their various uh, posts on social media platforms to find out more about the company. Get some fun giveaways and some info. In particular, their YouTube channel has some great videos on how important the hemp industry could be to family farms like theirs here in Kentucky. This is three generations of the same family running a certified Kentucky Proud operation where they grow the hemp and process it on site into CBD oil and a variety of other products. So check it all out at KentuckyHempWorks.com and you could uh, pick up a gift card for a stocking stuffer while you're at the website. All right, that's going to do it for us. I uh, see that uh, Anthony Davis is on the latest cover of Sports Illustrated, uh, talking about the upcoming NBA season, the championship run for AD and LeBron with the Lakers. So you can check that out. And we hope you will check us out tomorrow on The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page. If you have a question for Tom, email it to leachreport at gmail.com. See you next time, right here on The Leach.